Renaissance Online Radio, clear for departure. Welcome back to another edition of Renaissance Online Radio Podcast. I'm often asked about education, what I think about it, how I got here, and how other people might approach education. And that answer to what other people need to do is very customized to discuss terms of what we're talking about. Let's start with education. Education, we often think of as school. When we start out, we start out maybe in kindergarten, first grade, something of that nature, uh, and survive that all the way up through 12th grade, and then move on to college or community college, getting degrees, maybe associate degree, bachelor degree. Uh, then we may go on to an advanced degree or even a professional school, such as law school or medical school. As a parallel track after high school, you might consider trade school or even a job that trains you on what we call on-the-job training. In my own personal experience, I can comment on most directions with this. I survived grade school and high school, and once I finished with that, I had worked for a while by that point on a job that I learned uh, while doing it. I've done several jobs that were taught uh, while being employed on the job training. I did a trade school uh, class. Uh, it was EMT school. There was It's a certificate program done at a community college. I also attended a different trade school for airframe and power plant mechanic license. It was a five-quarter program taught at a college, but it's most definitely a trade school track. I also got an associate degree in nursing. I later went back and got a bachelor's degree in nursing. And much later than that, I got a, an MD degree, medical doctor, and then even did postgraduate education, which was my internship and residency for additional years of training. So you could say that I've been a professional student. Of course, what that also provides is a perspective on education that other people might not be able to offer. So when people ask me about education, either they are people who are interested in providing education or people who are interested in receiving education or uh, for their family member receiving education. Uh, often the questions are from people whose child is considering medical school. So let's talk about what education is for. A book answer might be what Wiki says. Education is the process of facilitating learning or the acquisition of knowledge, skills, values, beliefs, and habits. When we dissect what's going on in the uh, primary and secondary education levels, we find that the history of education in the United States, at least, has been one of creating people who could be useful to, to society, to industry, um, an expected basic level of knowledge. Unfortunately, in that process, the natural tendency of children to want to learn is turned on its head such that 
Kids just want to escape. One of my favorite writers about this topic is a gentleman named John Taylor Gatto, G-A-T-T-O. If you ever have an opportunity, I encourage you to look up things that he has written online, that have been quoted online, and if you have time, read some of his books. I can't quote any of them because I've not had the time to read them myself, but his articles online have been very enlightening about this very subject, about how children have been turned into something other than inquisitive learners through a very intentional process. Unfortunately, education has been used as an artificial barrier to limit who can enter certain areas of the workforce. So you have a lot of jobs where a minimum of a high school degree is required, where the reality is finishing high school didn't actually give the person the, the necessary skills to do the job. It's just an artificial barrier. Uh, same can be said for a lot of degrees in college. The college degree, I think of, unless it is a specific trade-associated or uh, profession-associated degree, such as nursing, is more a, you might say, a an initiation into the club of fellow college graduates. And the requirement for a bachelor's degree in many cases is entirely arbitrary beyond just making sure a person is in that club, possessing a basic set of knowledge. Unfortunately, at this stage in our history, that basic set of knowledge that is assumed is not a safe assumption because really, you know, kids are, kids are just trying to survive to get that degree and have, like I referred to earlier, not been taught to be active learners, to be inquisitive, to dive in and learn on their own. Of course, you hear people say, not everyone is cut out for college. I agree, not everyone is. I wouldn't say cut out for, I would more say that not everyone needs to bother with college. If you want to work with your hands, college has very little value for many areas. Uh, Twisting wrenches, making things, unless you are on the design end of things, um, you don't need anything or much that college gives you unless you are very intentional about what classes you choose while in college. Classes like accounting and business while boring as can be, would be very helpful knowledge to have, no matter what your area of expertise would be, because they can be useful in home finance to figure out how to run your own money. Of course, that information can be acquired much more cheaply by, at this point in history, going online and looking up um, what you want to know about. There are online classes in pretty much any topic you can think of. Uh, One source would be Khan Academy. Uh, That is uh, simply one of many sources. YouTube is a goldmine for lectures, for talks about, well, you name it. So you might ask, who really needs to go to college? It depends. Depends on what you intend to do for your career. If you intend to teach, 
if you intend to be a healthcare provider, if you intend to be an engineer, if you intend to do something that requires a license, then you probably need to go down the path that is normal to get there. You cannot practice medicine in the United States without a license from a state. And to get that license, you have to have attended a medical school. And a medical school will not let you in unless you have attended a college. The same could be said for certified engineers. Same could be said for teachers. Same could be said for every healthcare position you can think of. And a long list of other things that don't leap to my mind at the moment, but it's not difficult to figure out. If you want to start your own business, you don't necessarily have to have a business degree. You just need to know the pieces of information necessary to do it. If you want to work on computers, depending on what you want to do, you may be able to do that without a degree also, as long as you, again, know the pieces of information necessary to do the job. Trade school jobs and uh, jobs that you learn on the job, um, welders, for example, uh, may be able to make a good living during some, some times in the economy. For example, while we were having the uh, shale oil boom up in North Dakota, people who welded could make six figures pretty easily just by going up and, and showing that they could do the job and doing the job. We have in this country, unfortunately, in my opinion, grown to see the trades as somehow inferior to the professions. And that's, that's troubling to me because we need people who are good at making They don't have to be good at passing tests. They need to be good at making, at taking raw materials and creating something. We also need fixers, people who can fix, well, not as many things as it used to be because we've seen a move away from repairable items to throwaway items. And you can think of pretty much any microwave oven as an example of that. Have you ever had a microwave fixed? Well, no. In most cases, you throw it away and you go buy another one because it's cheaper to replace it than it is to fix it. Now, of course, another discussion might be, why is it so cheap? And that's fairly simple when you look at the economics of how we produce things now. We let people who have a lower standard of living work with their hands to make things where Americans who through unions and minimum wage laws and such things uh, demand a higher standard of living, well, they cost too much. And so we have exported manufacturing on many items to places like, yes, China. A discussion of education is not complete unless we address the current hot topic, education debt. When we think about the price that we pay for education and the, the increase in price that we've seen over the past 15, 20 years, or even more than that, that 
artificially elevated cost is easily explained as the result of easy money to pay for it. If we did not have government-guaranteed school loans, then the colleges would actually have to compete for people's real money rather than their debt. And so you would see a lot more pressure on, on tuition to be pushed down and a lot more pressure on schools to have scholarship programs, not loan programs, to help students who can't afford their education to be able to still get an education should they need one. I think, really, we have done our, our young people a disservice by letting them take out debt on degrees that don't pay. The classic example is an art degree. We talk about the starving artist, and yet artists who have gone through college have taken out many times they've taken out you know twenty to fifty thousand dollars in school debt just to get their basic bachelor's degree in art, and they've not actually learned how to make art. They've learned how to talk about art. Some may have learned you know, basic painting techniques or sculpture techniques or things like that. But I would estimate that maybe 20% of the required classes that they've taken have actually contributed to their art, and the rest has contributed to, well, their school debt. But who's the adult in the room? You would think that the schools, the counselors, would be the adults in the room telling these students, you realize that you're only going to be making minimum wage. You may not be able to work in your field because you've chosen a degree that does not pay well. But no, apparently that doesn't seem to be happening or kids are just too dumb to listen, which, you know, there are those also. But really, all these you know, fill-in-the-blank studies students, you know, uh, I'm I'm not even going to list them. Um, All they can do with their degree is is complain about things and teach other people to complain about things. And they like to complain about how much they owe for being able to complain about things. So that's kind of my take on school debt. If you're going into, into college and trying to decide a major, pick something that will pay your debts off. Art won't do it. Now, of course, if daddy's got a lot of money and he's willing to pay for your art degree, hey, I've got no problem with that. But if you were like me and had to shoulder every penny of your your tuition as well as your living expenses while you're in school, it really does not make sense to take out debt to cover those costs. And a last topic, one of the most common questions that I get about education is my kid wants to go or I want to go to medical school. Now, I get those questions because I did go to medical school. And what used to be An easy answer, yeah, definitely, you should do that, has changed in my mind to something else. I no longer, and I'm sad to say this, but I no longer encourage kids to do medicine unless they can imagine no other career. 
If you can be happy doing something else, my position at this point is you probably should look into it. Medicine requires a huge investment, a large amount of debt, and at least 12 years of your life spent not working in your field. Well, I shouldn't say not working in your field because your, your internship and residency may very well be, but not making professional dollars. The engineer who goes through in four to six years is making money much more quickly than the physician who goes through in 12. Now, that's 12 after high school. Let me make that clear. That's four years of medical school after four years of college, followed by, I I use four, but there are three-year residencies. Um, They're not the higher-paying specialties. For example, family medicine, internal medicine, those are both currently three years. Emergency medicine, I believe, is still three years. But most everything else is four and up. Um, that's a lot of that's a lot of your life. And understand, in residency, you can expect that you will be spending sixty to more than eighty hours each week working. And your income in current two thousand sixteen dollars is probably in the forty five to sixty thousand dollar a year range. While doing that, and to add insult to injury. Your school loans don't get deferred with interest covered. Uh, instead, when you go to start paying them back, your interest that has been accruing while you've been in residency gets capitalized. It gets added to the principal of the loan, and that can be an extra ten to fifty thousand extra dollars that you get to pay back with interest on that. So it's not really a great deal at this point to go into medicine unless you can really find nothing else that you can find yourself happy with. Now, if you really, really, really want to do medicine, do it. But don't expect it to be a cakewalk and don't expect it to necessarily be as fulfilling as you would like and don't expect to be the family person that you might want to be because you may very well find that your marriage suffers if you have a marriage. It may end. Your children may or may not get the time with you that they need. These are very real considerations. And it's even more important if you are a female wanting to go into medicine. If it is important to you to raise children, to have children, to raise children, and to be a mother— Being a mother and being a physician are very difficult things to do at the same time. Now, if you're happy with that, that's cool. But understand that the cost is real. If you're an undergrad and you like the idea of doing anesthesia, if you like the idea of providing anesthesia to patients, I suggest considering an alternative route to doing that rather than going to medical school. Because in my example, I went through, I had a grand time uh, learning about anesthesia and doing three years, three years of the residency are actually focused on anesthesia, but doing three years of providing anesthesia to patients and learning a whole bunch while doing that, 
And then I got done and I got my first job, the only job I've had so far. And I went from being very good at giving anesthesia to being the person who goes and talks to patients and supervises the CRNA who is actually doing the work. Now, I'm not knocking CRNAs at all. In fact, what I'm saying is if you want to actually provide the anesthesia to the patient, you get to do that at the same level in most cases as a CRNA as you would if you were a physician who was practicing in a uh, what we call a physician-only group where the physician sits at the head of the table. So your difference in starting to make money is the anesthesia doc will start 12 years after high school. The CRNA will start six years and a couple of months after high school. Now, the income uh, is more for the doc, but again, you start making money later, six years later, and it takes a long time to catch up. Plus, you can come out with a lot less debt if you don't have to do medical school and residency. So that's, uh, that's kind of my take on my particular profession. Now, of course, with anesthesia, I can do subspecialty. I can do pain. I can do uh, hearts, peds, things of that nature. I can do hospice, other things besides just sitting at the head of the table. So, you know, there's there are options that I have that a CRNA may not have. But if you are just ed up, as we say, with providing, you know, with, with working in the OR and giving anesthesia to patients, then I don't uh, necessarily suggest that you go to medical school to do that. And that's about all the time I have today to talk about education. If you have specific questions about education at any level, I invite you to send me an email um, or make comments on the Facebook page or wherever, any way you would like to reach me. I will include links to several resources in the description for this uh, podcast. And if, uh, if there's anything else that you would like for me to address in future podcasts on any topic, I welcome your suggestions. Thanks. Have a great day.